Hi, everyone. It's Stephanie Ricca here, Editorial Director of Hotel News Now, back for another spine-tingling episode of Tell Me More, a Hospitality Data Podcast. With me, as always, are STR's Isaac Colazzo and CoStar Group's Jan Freitag. Hi, guys. Hey, Steph. Hello, Steph. So for the last couple episodes, we've hit on some major themes that I think have been recurring major themes of the last couple quarters. Business transient, group, ADR, what the heck has been happening as rates go up and up and up and up and maybe a little bit down, but then up again, who knows? So let's just dive right in. And knowing where we are now, where the cycle of data and how it's released, I'd like to ask you guys to start out by giving me Three things to know about the hotel industry performance in October. Well, Steph, you said the magic words, group. And it is about That's group. the new buzzword, isn't That's it? That's the new buzzword. So in October, group demand in luxury and upper upscale class hotels was the highest for any single month since October 2018. Now we're going all the way back to 2018. We're not talking 2019. So Whoa. it was a fabulous group month, but that's what we were anticipating. So, I mean, Jan and I were to talk, telling everyone it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It really was great. But so even you need though, to stop here and pause and pat yourselves on the back. A forecast came true. A forecast came true. But even though group was the best ever since October 2018, October U.S. rep par growth decelerated due to falling demand but there's also a caveat here that fall that drop was mostly due to a calendar shift mm -hmm. so i think you really have to think about the calendar shift and we'll talk about that a little bit more and then the other thing i thought was surprising in october is rooms under construction actually increased from a month ago yes it's still down versus a year ago but we did see a good movement in construction starts uh this october versus uh september of last uh, or last mm -hmm. Last September, or the September a month ago. I can't even remember how to say September. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the normalization is actually improving a little bit, dare I say. Jan, what do you want to add to these bullet points? Yeah, so as Isaac said, the group number is super interesting and really, really good news, I think, for the industry overall. People are back in the meeting rooms. They're back in the association events. And that, I think, will continue to be to be a very, very positive sign into 2024. The three numbers that sort of stuck out to me was, number one, that the supply percent change is still zero point something. So for the total United States, 0.7%. The long-run average, 30-year average of STRs data is 2.1 or so. So we're still well below that. The other number that I thought was interesting is the market of the top 25 market with the highest RevPAR growth for uh, October, Oahu up 14.4%. So certainly, you know, still very much, you know, a, a leisure destination, not a lot of international inbound. So this must all be, you know, uh, US travelers going in there. There might be some shift from other islands, you know, certainly, but that's good news, I think, for that specific market. And then the other number that always stands out is New York City ADR. So October, $359.65, call that $360 up almost 10% from a year ago. Yeah, but I think there's even more to that story on New York. You forgot tell crucial piece. Tell me more, piece. Isaac. There's tell more. Me tell more. me more. Let me tell you more. It 
it's also about occupancy. Do you know that New York City has led the nation in occupancy October year to date, April through August, those five months, and in September and October? Because we've been looking at the different day parts. That's why that's a weird kind of way to look at it. But I've been looking at the five months and then the last two months kind of trying to just position, see where New York is going, because the rate growth we've seen in New York has been strongest in the last two months, September and October. And so, as Jan said, it was up 10, whatever you said, 10 something in October. But if you look September and October, it was up 11.7%. So, I mean, there is real rate growth that are happening. And that's also the highest rate growth in the nation as well. Not only the highest occupancy, but the highest rate growth as well. So, it's, it's really interesting at this point. What do you so think is driving that? Is that business transient that. or is that more leisure? You know, there's a lot of hypotheses out there. But it really is, at the end of the day, supply constraints. And it really is located in four particular sub-markets, uh, three of which I can remember on top of my head. I can't remember the fourth one, but it's JFK, uh, Jamaica Bay is one of the sub-markets. Then you also have LaGuardia, and you have uh, New York uh, City area. And New York City area and JFK, I believe, are the two that have lost about 25% of their supply in the September, October this year versus last year. And so I thought that's really interesting to see. And if you peel back that onion a little bit more, you see a lot of that supply loss has been on the lower end of the spectrum. And that's where you're seeing a lot of ADR growth because there's not many low priced hotels available in those markets. So you're seeing very strong ADR growth. If you look at the leisure, what I call a leisure, leisure apex, of uh, New York, which is like Manhattan, where Jan and I stay. And so, and Steph, I think you stay there with us as well at times. And so, <laughs> um, rate growth there has been, you know, moderate is not the right word, but it's been, it seems right, about 8% over the last two months. So, 8.8%. So, that seems right given the occupancy numbers. But overall, demand is still not where it was in 2019. Again, some of that's because we've lost a lot of supply and occupancy is still basically at a deficit. In, in the market overall. Yeah, so New York City room supply October down 3.3%. We did a super interesting clickable map where our crack research team out in Richmond, they researched all those properties that were uh, taken over by city government and county government and by not-for-profits uh, to house the migrants, unhoused and refugees. And there are roughly 16,000 or so rooms in the greater New York City area, roughly 140 hotels or so that we're taking offline. So you have a total supply constraint, supply coming out of inventory. Yes, the pipeline is still fairly strong. Actually, if you take the number of rooms in construction divided by the existing stock, by the existing census, New York City still leads the nation. But that percentage has come down very steadily because, of course, hotel rooms are opening. And building a new hotel in New York City is super complicated, right? The city council now basically can decide which properties it wants to allow, and that will make development, will curtail development, will make development very, very, very hard. So you have fewer rooms existing, fewer rooms once the pipeline burns off in the pipeline. And then the last piece that Isaac wants to jump in on is Airbnb slash short-term rentals. Yeah, and again, there's been some talk. That there's obviously because of their new regulation, there are less short-term rentals in the city. Again, 
uh, when we did the analysis early on for the hotel data conference back in August using data supplied to us by AirDNA, and in fact, it was a co-study by AirDNA and STR, we found that uh, shared accommodations in the New York City area was about 8% uh, of the total accommodations. And by that, I mean, we took how many rooms were sold for shared accommodations and how many hotel rooms were sold, combined it together, and then took the percentage of shared. So, you know, it's not a lot of rooms. It's about 8% of total room nights, but it's still significant, right? And um, so, but at this point, it is possible to still have a short-term uh, accommodation in uh, in New York City, but there are a lot more regulations around it and rules around it. So again, we haven't seen, I think the ADR growth, I think we can pretty much say this, the ADR growth in the city is not because of that regulation. Does it play a role? Yes, of course, probably a small role, but what we're really seeing in the data, it's more of a supply, constraint supply and, and demand being in the marketplace. And I think making things even more complicated when you look at like sort of shadow supply in New York is, you know, it may be tougher to run a legal Airbnb in New York, but there will still be plenty of of ways around that, you know, with with those stays not falling into either official bucket, the hotel stay or the shared accommodation stay. Um, Jan, I'd like to ask you to talk a little bit more about that research that you did on the number of rooms in New York that are housing um, unhoused migrants and refugees, because that was a really big number. I think that was the first time we saw that number in full. And a lot of those markets where those hotels are um, kind of overlap with what Isaac was saying about, you know, lower end, maybe economy around the airport hub areas. Is that kind of a one-to-one a -one cause and effect here? Is that where that supply is going, has gone? Yeah, so you could argue that some of those properties were at the end of their economic life, right? Agreed. And that they Agreed. really, you know, they were really marginal, I guess. And now owners are saying, hey, if I can get a steady income stream from the city, you know, then why not extend this two or three years or so? Because I this this property may have not been viable as a hotel anyways, you know, because marketing costs are pretty high. I didn't feel like I, I should put it on the OTAs. But now you have, you know, guaranteed income. Let's just continue to do it. Now, the question that we get a lot is, is that revenue used in the STR coaster data? And the answer is no. The Unifor system of accounts is very clear that if it's rooms revenue, yes, it gets counted. But if it's leased revenue, it's not rooms revenue, so it doesn't get counted. So just for you data nerds out there right. who are following this conversation along, if a city um, a city department <clears throat> pays an owner a fixed monthly fee, that is not part of the rooms revenue as reported by STR CoStar. And that's so they why really the, aren't hotels at that point. That is correct, and that's why we see the the decline in supply that I just saw working on the analysis for New York because they were taken out. So both the demand side, the revenue side, and the supply side no longer exist for those hotels. They're closed, essentially. Yeah, they exist as apartments, you know? And so then right. once that uh, contract with the city runs out, the question is, what will the owner do? You know, will they try to sell it and say, hey, somebody else take this over as maybe a hotel or as an apartment? Will they make it an apartment themselves? Or will they just say, look, this was at the end of its economic life. Let's just, you know, take it down and put it in an Amazon warehouse or something. Right. 
And it'll be interesting to see what happens to that in a couple of years to those properties. I think that'd be interesting. And I'll drop a link in the article to that research as well as the accompanying story that we did on Hotel News Now. Now, I want to ask you guys about another market that's been in the news a lot recently, and that's been Las Vegas. You know, a couple weeks ago, we saw the F1 come, uh, Forza Ferrari, by the way, <laughs> come to Las Vegas finally. And word on the street is it was a little bit underwhelming. How did the city fare in terms of hotel performance? It did actually really well. I mean, it, it was all ADR and it was all toward the, as Formula One was starting. Yes. So beginning in October, October, excuse me, beginning the Thursday through that Sunday, you saw really, really strong ADR growth. But if you look at the occupancy side, you'd say, oh my God, what happened? Because occupancy was actually down, particularly on the Sunday before going into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And that's because uh, just like what we see in Super Bowl and some other major events, people stayed away because they knew that event was there. So no group in meetings, they didn't want to be in that. Yeah, if they didn't need, if they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to force people to be there, kind of idea. Mm -hmm. And so yep. you, so I think the city did over did really well. Again, from an ADR perspective, it was super, super high, and I'm talking double digit high. So very, very high. Even though the wrong team won. Yeah, well, it, again, that, <laughs> we don't judge who wins here. We just report the facts, Stephanie. We just report the facts, and if the hotels are doing well, then that's the fact we want to We report. want. We want. <laughs> Basically, we want as an industry. Now, both of you have spent a lot of time recently, and even a lot of time already today, the day that we're recording, doing presentations as we hit this time of the year uh, to a lot of the stakeholders with CoStar and STR for groups of people who are looking for, hey, what's the trend? What's the state of the industry right now? And there's gonna be a lot of talk about that in coming months and in our December episode as well. But what are some of the questions that you are getting most from those groups of stakeholders, whether it be hotel owners, brokers, and so on, that kind of stand out to you as, oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if it's interesting, it's the same question is, you know, the weakness in the economy, the predicted weakness in the economy, right? And we've been talking about this for months as well. And we continue to see that weakness somewhat dissipate. But, you know, again, our forecast, our latest forecast, which we released about a week ago or two weeks ago at this point, continues to show very low economic growth. But we still believe the industry will do well and the demand will continue to grow as well rates, therefore, rev par. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still just very perplexing to me. And I'll tell you a story. I was having a dinner with my son just uh, this week, sometime, maybe yesterday, Monday. I don't even know what day of the week is anymore. And um, I was looking at my pictures on my phone. And what I found was a picture from March 2nd, 2020. And it was a picture of the Atlanta airport concourse where I had just landed and there's no one there. And that to me was the first sign, this is March 2nd, so nothing's locked down at this point. But that was the first sign at that point that I said, something's up, this is real. Now, move fast forward. I'm driving to Whole Foods, I live. I mean, it was in Atlanta this weekend, and I'm going to the Avalon location, for those of you who know Atlanta. I couldn't even get into the parking lot. That's how crowded it was. I did a U-turn going, I guess I'm not going to Whole Foods because I can't even get to Avalon to get to the Whole Foods. 
So that's a difference. So I'm, well, my point here is my observations, what I continue to see, what I'm seeing in the in the retail data from Cyber Monday, what I saw from Black Friday, is that people are still spending. And I think it's going to be better than what our economic forecast, everything we've built, then that you know, it's going to be better than what we think. I still in that camp. I am still the optimist on that. And again, I'm just going on the observation point of view going, I don't see the signs yet. And November was supposed to be the point we see the signs. And then December is supposed to be the point we see the signs. So I'm waiting. I'll continue to wait. It is a full moon this week. So it is. I saw it yesterday. It was nice. You might get a sign from above. Jan, agree, disagree? So three comments. Number one, you know, I'm a I'm a loyal foot soldier. I have for a year said there's going to be a recession because Oxford Economics says there's a recession, and they changed the tune as we rolled into the fourth quarter because they always said the fourth quarter is when it starts, and now they're suddenly like, oh well, actually, it's going to not be a contraction. It's going to be like a bumpy road ahead, and we still don't really believe that the uh, consumer spending is sustainable, but. No recession. I was like, okay, so now I'm on the new bandwagon where I say, okay, no recession. <laughs> and um, as Isaac just said, the new uh, REFPA forecast came out for this year, 4.8%, for next year, 4.1%. So continued, you know, quote unquote, smooth sailing, REFPA driven by ADR growth. Um, number two, I thought when you were talking about the airport, Isaac, you were talking about, so Flight Radar 24, which is a website I track uh, yeah. on, on Twitter, I just reposted it, said there were, 2.8 million people screened, according to the TSA. It was an incredibly smooth day of travel with fewer than one half of 1% of 51,000 scheduled flights canceled. This is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It was mayhem everywhere, but apparently it was pretty smooth mayhem. Yeah. And then lastly, just as an anecdote about presenting to people. So I was presenting in Memphis and after the presentation, I'm still, I'm still sort of wired a little bit. So I go to the back of the room to listen what the other speakers have to say. And I'm sitting next to a gentleman and he had listened to my talk and I plug our podcast, you know, tell me more at the end of, of every presentation. I say, not a lot of hair, lots of good data. And I show <laughs> our pictures. And so he, he leans over to me and he had written the words, tell me more and crossed it out and below had written, hotel me more. <laughs> I just thought that was classic and super quick. And I thought it was hysterical and we should rebrand our label, Hotel Me More. Maybe that will be our April Fool's Day episode in 2024. I think that is a great note to end on. Guys, as usual, you always bring not only the data and the facts, but a good time as well. Thank you for joining us today, Isaac and Jan. See you next time. Thanks, Seth. See ya. Thank you. This episode of Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast, was recorded on November 28, 2023 by me, Stephanie Ricca. The episode was edited and mixed by Rachel Daub. Find Tell Me More and all Hotel News Now's other podcasts wherever you listen and subscribe by searching for Hotel News Now. Visit hotelnewsnow.com for the latest global hotel industry news. Thanks for listening. Want more of the latest news and insights from across the global hotel industry? Head to hotelnewsnow.com for up-to-the-minute breaking news and subscribe to the new Hotel News Now podcast to hear directly from industry leaders. Available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find podcasts.